Welcome to the MMA Geeks Podcast. We are on episode, is it six or seven here, it's Nick? It's episode six. That is pretty damn exciting. We're on episode six, um, discussing UFC 235, Jones versus Smith, in, in a battle for uh, number one at light heavyweight and probably a battle for the most basic name possible. Um, we've got a pretty solid overall card here, which we're going to break down for you guys. Uh, very excited about this one, Nick. What are your thoughts? Well, I think first we should discuss how I'm four and one. Uh, oh, <laughs> damn it, Nick. I was, I, was really trying to, I was really trying to work past that. <laughs> okay. Ma- I'm ma- just maybe, kidding. Maybe save it for the last few seconds of the episode where nobody's really listening anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's but, it's but, fine. But, but for our dozen of listeners, Nick, um, we, we will discuss the fact that, yeah. For, you, the, you dozens, for the dozens around the world. It's, it's um, funny because what, I did actually say dozen singular. No, no, for we, the dozen we, around the world, we, we, we have a baker's. If, if I get my mom in, we'll have a baker's dozen. I am so in. But, I'm um, going to get my mom to listen to. I'm going to get my grandma to listen. <laughs> oh, your mom's she in town, right? English. Yes. Good, tri- good trip. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so far, it was, it was great seeing her. Uh, it was, it's good to spend the time. Actually, today's her birthday. Oh, nice. And I'm here with you, Nick, uh, while my mom is visiting me on her birthday. So it just, just, I, sh- just shows you how how, how committed you are. I value you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. It's um. And so here's what I'm going to say. Right. The, the UFC schedule and thus our podcast schedule has been very aggressive. There's been a card every week and there's a card for the next several weeks. And honestly, overall, the quality of bouts and the quality of matchmaking and most importantly, the quality of production from ESPN, I really believe that the last couple of years being, in, being a UFC fan and an MMA fan at large um, has kind of dipped. It's been a little bit more of a grind. A lot of friends of mine have bailed. Almost on, like going on, through the motions. On just, fandom, yeah. they just bailed. Uh, lack of compelling narratives. Yep. The Fox product was lousy and drawn out. The first couple months of 2019, it feels alive to me. I couldn't agree with and you And it's really fun. So I'm happy to be here talking about this card. Um Stan, let's break down this. I, I do want to say quickly oh, yeah, yeah. Um, about the last card. I do want to cover it just a little bit. Sure. Um, it, it all came down to, and I feel like you and I made made a few mistakes uh, on that card in our picks, but it really all came because we had a lot of our picks in common. It all came down to that main event between Santos and Blackwitz. I was favoring Blackwitz's experience at 205 and, and mm-hmm. his, his kind of patience to, to, to wear down his opponent. And you favored Santos' explosiveness rightfully because the one moment that Blackwitz lost his composure Santos just knocked him out with that hook but I did not expect I did not expect Santos to have such a measured pace I agree for the first two rounds to some extent he well remembered it you're right about that, actually. Very, he, very good. He point. was. I, he did such a nice job. In the third job. round, which is exactly how Romero he liked did to a do nice it. job holding back. Um, it was a. They both fought with. A, they both fought really smart the first couple. The first couple rounds, there were strong strikes thrown. I enjoyed watching the fight. Um, I thought it was a very competitive first couple rounds. Was it was, um, uh, and I then Santos left kick versus Santos's hook. Yes, was kind of what uh, what you'd have to measure that bat by. And uh, and and Santos did you know he exploded and landed when the one who got impatient was Blankowitz. Yeah, was Blankowitz. He yeah. waited for his patience. He charged in like. You know, pardon my French, fucking Ryan Bader against Machida. <laughs> like he just he charged in and he got leveled, um, which which was surprising. I don't know if he was like, I got to start winning rounds or Verdum what. Verdum against uh, Stipe, very, yeah, very similar. Verdum against Stipe, ran right into a big counter punch. Yep, 
Um, so good. I mean, an, exci- an exciting card overall. My my favorite performance on the card maybe was uh, Fahea against Rustam Kavalov. Um, because Fahea just looked... That was a terrific explosive performance. I lost the pick because I thought Kavalov would be able to um, Sambo him <laughs> to death. Yeah. To death using Sambo as a verb. Uh, but... He, uh, Fahea looked like a, he, he looked really strong. He looked like a, he fought that fight like he was a top ten, top twelve fighter um, in the division. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. What else was on that card we're talking about? I actually think he's very much that quality of fighter. Um, I, I did think this was a pretty close matchup, and and what what, what came through really for Fahea was the fact that he was so uh, dangerous on the floor that he felt free to to throw kicks and throw whatever really he wanted to. And uh, he was more dangerous standing up, which was really kind of, I think, the difference maker. Uh, uh, his opponent had the advantage as far as takedowns are concerned, but he couldn't do anything outside of that. Right. Uh, Ferreira looked really, uh, really good, I thought. And the, as far as meaningful fights by high, with, between high-ranked competitors, uh, Peter Yan against John Dodson, which I thought should have been the co-main event, was a really entertaining fight. I agree. Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. I don't want to call John Dodson a gatekeeper. It's hard to because he was so strong at 125. He's strong at 135. He's a gatekeeper. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's hard to call a guy who 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 took who took Mighty Mouse to the limit, um, and who like he he's not he's knocked down Mighty Mouse two or three times and almost won that fight. And he obliterated years ago, but he obliterated T.J. Dillashaw. You know, Dodson's We're resume. About many years ago, though. Yeah, right? but his resume is still this is six, seven, eight years ago. Like, like how many years ago did he not? Did he? Did he, did he floor Mighty Mouse? Uh, Two thousand eleven, and Mighty Mouse. He had that competitive battle yeah. in two thousand thirteen. No, it's a long time ago. This is many years ago. He, he's and been, he looked. He's aged. been uh, winning. Win, he's been winning and losing every single against top against top ten competition only. Absolutely, and but, tight but fights. Split, and, split decision loss to Marlon Moraes. Um I would, yeah. argue, I would argue that you could easily make the, the argument that he lost almost every one of those close decisions, including to John Lineker, including to Marais. He um, did lose the Lineker fight, yeah. But that was – but he was in there and like – I mean, those are – he's only he – Pedro has, Munoz, I thought, Honestly, the best analog for John Dodson's career right now is Chris Weidman, where you're talking about a top five, top six fighter who's only been fighting top guys. And is on a negative streak. And is on a negative streak. But that said, Dodson looked chubby. Like yeah. he did not look. He, his hair did not help. His hair didn't help. He looked. He did not look great. But um, he still. Get, I mean, he still dropped him. He still hit him on the chin and put him yeah. on his butt. Um, it was not. A, I wouldn't describe it as. It was a clear victory for Jan, but it wasn't a one-sided one. I, I thought outside of him getting dropped, Jan, especially toward the end there, it was very clear that one man was superior. Oh, to it was very clear. But I. But it was. He clearly won the fight. But it was a savage beating. Dodson, Dodson had his moments. Um, yeah, he, but yeah. it was still it was a what it was was it was clear that Jan's Jan's ready to compete with the top five of the division. No doubt about it. I, I agree. And, and again, and to give anybody a run, I'd pick him here. over Munoz. I pick him. I would pick him over Rivera. I would m- probably pick him over Cody. To be honest, um, it's easy to pick a guy on a big momentum streak against uh, a bunch of guys that are coming off of uh, you know sure, uh, coming certainly. off of losses. But I I do think there's a lot to be said. About how decisively he won. There was no uh, split decision. Almost every no. One he won very decisively, which is why I think. Do I think he beats Melvin Moraes? I'm not sure. Do I think he beats Dillashaw? I'm not certain. 
but I'd probably pick him over everybody else in the division. Uh, and we can I, talk I, I a little bit more about that because there, Munoz. Yeah. we're going to talk about Munoz and Garbrandt in just a few minutes. But I, that was I, the I most... Would, I would Im- pick him over over most guys. And again, he beat Dotson decisively. Nobody, not not, not uh, Pedro Munoz, not, uh, I'm sorry, not Jimmy Rivera, not Marlon Marais, not John Lineker, no, none of these guys beat the man decisively. In fact, all of those guys won by, I think, split decision over split him. Split or close, yes, um, I and, agree. And Yen... Yen was dominating toward the end, I thought, which which says a lot. And he got dropped, and didn't it did not impact yeah, just the way right just got, got right back, back up. So very, uh, very. If I'm in the UFC, I probably would have put that fight on a card that was going to um, be better watched than the Prague card. I agree because Jan, be, Jan, uh, Jan could could very easily find his way into a title fight, even without another fight potentially. All it would take is one injury. Um, so exciting fighter expands the UFC's case in Russia. Um, good card. Oh, the other what? The other fight that was a huge surprise. Ole Sechuk. Oh yeah, he just oh. nuked. He nuked Volante's well, well, oh, gut. I'm sorry, that wasn't the surprise. The surprise was the surprise was the Czech the Czech fighter with a Chechenian background beating um, Prezeris. That's right. Yes, uh, the, Pre- Ismail Naradiev beating uh, Michelle Prezeris. Michelle just, Prezeris has been just running through guys. Uh, he's not finishing he got, them quickly. Dominating him. Yeah, Prezeris, who who looks, he's five six, a buck seventy. Um, Couldn't make. I mean, probably walks around at two hundred. He's a thick dude. Yeah, and um, been running, been running through guys. He looks like Husaman Palhares and Nog morphed into one body. True, and and, and he was he, on a huge streak of. Uh, one, he could have won nine four. in a row, I believe. Seven, not against seven straight wins. Just seven, okay. Yeah, and not against the best guys, but against a couple top twenty guys like mixed in there. But he got. Taken to school by a more game, more athletic much guy, younger, much younger, less experienced, um, better better use of reach. Um, just a just a very diverse game. That Ismail uh, Ismail Nardiev. Nardiev is definitely a, a prospect. For, uh, can't wait to, to see. His, can't wait to see his next fight. He looked, uh, you know, he fought a bit like uh, a bit like um, what's his name? Oh my god. Pereira, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin Poirier, Poirier, Jesus Uh Poirier. Sorry, Um, my brain today. Um, Yeah, I felt like I felt like in body and approach, he. um, I would actually. uh, I'd like to rewatch that fight with that in mind. He's actually known more for his kicks, which he wasn't really able to throw as as many of against Prezeras, who's going to kind of close that distance. But yeah, he's got a lot more to show against a better stylistic matchup. Uh, that he hasn't even shown in this one. I think next he was an under, He was like a minus. He was like a, I'm sorry. He's like a, a plus four, plus four hundred underdog or something ridiculous. Huge, huge underdog. I, I actually thought that he was a prospect that was going to shine after this loss, but he got through Prezeras and looked damn good in his UFC and debut. Couldn't part of me, more. if there's a flip side of it, it's hard to tell how conditioned Prezeras was for it because he was breathing hard quickly. He looked like he was carrying some fat. I think Prezeras he was al- shocked. Always kind of has that when when he's not dominating. He's yeah. been dominating pretty consistently, and it's easy yeah. to stay fresh and to not get exhausted. Yeah. He when looked you're exhausted and, and very surprised. He was struggling there. Uh, the takedowns were extremely difficult. When he got him, they, they, they lasted they, a quarter they, they second. They lasted a, yeah. a couple of seconds, yeah. So I think mentally and physically he was getting drained, and and we've got a very, very serious prospect at 170 now. Yeah, exciting. Let's talk about UFC 235 because there are some – this is the first, you know, after the last pay-per-view, which I refused to pay for – um, after that was the only bad card this year, by the way. After Whitaker, uh, after Whitaker went out with his with his hernia, 
Um, this card, UFC even if Jones Smith didn't happen, I'd still pay for this card. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about the main event, which is, you know, arguably, and from an odds perspective, the biggest blowout. But I don't know if it's as simple as that. Is this Anthony Smith's uh, Buster Douglas moment? First of all, from the moment, I guess during the Whitaker, oh no, it was during, after John Jones uh, beat Gustafson. And was that, I can't remember if that was on Fox or ESPN. But Anthony Smith was a commentator, and him and Jones got into it a little bit. And I was like, ah, Anthony Smith's not ready for this. And sure enough, they made the fight. And he's really conducted himself like a professional um, with honesty, transparency, humility um, over the last several weeks. He's very – everyone's rooting against him. I think he's an underdog story uh, and a journeyman story, even though he's not very old. Uh, who's very easy to root for, particularly against you know Jones, who's gotten more and more comfortable playing the the villain, talking about how he how he feeds off of picograms of self doubt in fighters, right. which was something he said to Kane. Right. And I'm like, man, that's some balls to use that. Some balls for him to, to use that metaphor when he's term, when he's popping for picograms. The only man in the history of the UFC that got popped by that same drug that a lot of other guys do. But for some reason, it stays in the system forever. Canamat? This is a new reality, Nick. Why is he the only man who keeps popping for it of all the people in the UFC who've been popped for that exact same steroid? It's fascinating. I'm, I'm a poet, not a scientist. So I, I don't know. Fair. I don't know. But it's... Do I believe... I mean, Smith said he thinks Jones is clean now. Um, I don't... Re- like, regardless of that, I see... Listen, it would be a, it would be a magical, amazing, semi-hilarious story if, if Smith were able to deliver this. I think Jones has composure. He's got skills. It may play out differently, but the way that I see this playing out is that John Jones uses all of his tools to maintain distance, to um, to annoy irritate and hurt Smith a little bit for the first round to drive him to impatience and action to wait for Smith to work hard and take some risks to close the distance at which point Jones lands one of the best trips in MMA because he's great great at getting at, at I think um, getting guys down to the ground using their momentum against them at which point he can end this fight in the near the end of the first round, early second round, with elbows or a submission of his choosing. I I would be shocked if the fight goes another way. What do you think, Stan? I'm there with you. Uh, definitely would be a shocker if Smith was able to pull this off. I think it would take a big, uh, a big punch from him. Jones has shown a great chin. He's... Uh, not uh, the only close submission that anyone's ever had on him was Vitor Belfort back when Vitor was on a special dietary program. <laughs> he was on Special K, yeah, um, and, and that was a tight fucking armbar. It was, it was, it was all but finished on anyone else. I think um, John Jones is better at everything except for punching power than Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith actually, you're right. Like he's handled himself well leading up to this. He sounds confident. I think he's gained a lot of confidence over the last year or so even though he he lost just a couple of fights ago to another uh 185er who came up to santos uh, in 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 santos yeah Yeah. tiago santos um and again within a year of today i believe it was within a year he got finished with a body shot 
John Jones hasn't been finished or, 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 or beat or anything close to it in 24 fights. And have we We're ever seen about, him, like, how often have we really seen him hurt? Absolutely. I mean, almost never. Very, very rarely. It was, it was against Gustafsson in, in their bout. Um, I, I, I think Machida had a couple of moments against him when Machida was largely in his prime. but Machida landed hard and Jones ate it. Absolutely, and was and was fine. Yeah. And, yeah, Cormier, and, and Cormier's Cormier. landed a bunch, and he was and he and he, no ro- and he rolled with it. Yeah, I just think he's. I believe he has supreme confidence, and despite whatever goes on when he's not in the cage, that is his home. Yep. And I don't believe that this is the man who possesses the skill set to defeat him. Also, I wouldn't even say that Smith has a puncher's chance, because in the wars that Smith's in, it's not. You know, he's not... I wouldn't even describe him as, like, a, Jerem, a Jeremy Stevens of, like, heavyweight. Like, I don't... I. It's not like Smith has this highlight reel of melting guys. Unless they're re... Like, Rashad... Rash, Rashad Evans, Shogun Hua, like... Very long, different leagues. And those guys... I mean, Shogun last... It was, that fight went on for a while, I think. Rashad went down quickly, but come on. Rashad was long in the tooth and shopworn at that. Like, Rashad's Absolutely. jaw was shot years ago. Yeah, wins um, over Mauricio Hua and Rashad Evans the, at this point uh, in time is not impressive. And coming back against the Vulcan Ozdemir that which took is you a down war. Yeah. And, and actually did pretty well against you in the early portions of the fight yeah. until he got exhausted is not impressive either. Vulcan is not a proven UFC light, uh, light heavyweight. And Jones is way better at getting – if Jones wants you on the ground, Jones is going to get you to the ground. I, he's, yeah, I, I, he's got I, the I, best body control and trips and maybe in the history of MMA. I, I agree with just about every aspect of your pick. I expect Jones to – do whatever he wants here. I think he's going to uh, land some strikes on the feet, similar to Gus, uh, to against the, what he did against Gustafsson. Uh, he's going to damage him some, get a takedown, and pound him. Yep. Uh, I mean, he could get a submission if he wants to, but uh, I think he wants to show uh, I, the way that he pounded out Gustafsson. He looked lethal. I think that looks great on his highlight reel. A lot yeah, than it was like his Machida. Like his Machida. Oh no, Machida. He choked out. Yeah, Machida he choked but out, but that looked gruesome too because yeah. the way he dropped him unconscious yeah, as he walked but away he's, casually. Um, he's lay this is going to be another one. Yeah, like he's going to. I think he's just going to lay elbows on Smith until the referee mercy stops it. Yeah, I you know I think uh, that I expect Smith should be able to survive the first. Um, I think the second, uh, by, by the end of the second round, Jones should be able to finish this bout and and, uh, and continue his streak. Here's the thing. He's going to fight Santos next. It's going to be a little while before Jones fights somebody worthy, somebody that's got a legitimate shot at beating You think him. Jones fights Santos next? I think so. I think Jones is going to choose the guys that have very clear holes and just kind of run through them, three or four yeah, of them this year. it's just kind of depressing. His uh, The guys for him to fight this year is very much like the people that were lined up for Anderson between 2009 and 2012. Just like you couldn't imagine a way that Damian Maya was really going to beat Anderson at the time. You oh, couldn't imagine a way that Talis Leites was going to beat Anderson. I agree. You know, it it wasn't until there was a, a Chael Sonnen, which people didn't believe at the time, although I had a, a good inkling. Because um, Jones doesn't really have a kryptonite. He just doesn't. Uh, no, he, he, he doesn't. If Offensively, he, he might not be the hardest hitter. But I think he's getting better at that. He had a lot of pop in. He's in, a uh, hard kicker in his open workout. Ask, he's ask a hard Corm- kicker. That's Cormier, who's eaten Rumble Johnson shots by the you know, yeah, including a head kick from Johnson that broke head, Cormier's nose. But he stayed. He's uh, eating head kicks and he's eating big shots. And it, Jones is just you know, I, I, it's a it's a cliche, but there's levels to this thing. 
And, and it would take it would taste multiple levels. Of it would take a Buster Douglas level dynamic where Tyson went in, not you know not conditioned, not ready, not prepared, and Douglas went in. You know he had lost his mother recently. He was fighting for a legacy, fighting for everything. From what I understand, um, Tyson was drinking and, and yeah, uh, it's, it's and, like and, and had multiple need, women even, in his room the night before. You would, so. need, you would need Jones to completely have fallen off in the cage, and I just and we're don't getting the see impression it. of the opposite of that. We're actually. getting the impression of the opposite of that. So, I think that's our pick for the main event. The co-main event, you know, Tyron Woodley was a guy that I used to love rooting against, and like Michael Bisping, he's someone who over the course of his career I've shifted, and I now root for, and I'd love to see Woodley melt. Usman um, early in this fight. I've just never been entertained or particularly interested in Kamaru Usman's game, or as Ben Askren calls him, Marty. Uh, I don't... He's a really, really, really good wrestler. He's got re- he's got wrestler striking, and for me, a pre-wrestle boxer manner. I just... On his feet, I think he's not particularly good at all. And I think, Wood- I think Woodley's faster... Uh, if Woodley's a better wrestler, I'm not, I'm not certain what I'm, what I hope is that Usman realizes quickly that his only path to victory is to bring Woodley down and Woodley's able to land a short hook quickly and, and, uh, have a dominant victory. I'd like to see an explosive dominant Tyron Woodley victory here. How about you? Um, I am not at a point when I can root for Woodley, but I am at a point where I have to give him a lot of credit. Um, I, I wasn't impressed. Like he's a guy that always talks himself up. He's, he's in my opinion doing like when he speaks, he's doing one of three specific things, right? He's either, he's either, uh, talking himself up. Yeah. Talking about his accomplishments. And, and by the way, he has accomplishments, but he makes them sound way better than they are. For instance, leading up to this fight, he'll say something. He said something like, you know, Winning is one thing, but I've been starching and just running through these guys. No, you ran through your last opponent, sir, and almost no one else. Like, like that is not the case. They right? ran through Lawler. Uh, true, uh, true. Who was, who was his that, last that opponent? That was multiple fights before that. The last, uh, he he beat Darren Till. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, he ran in the, through. In the second round. He ran through Till. And his Tom, the Thompson fights were weird. They were weird, were and, weird and, and uneventful besides the two occasions in which... Uh, in which Woodley was able to hurt Thompson. Damian Maya, nothing actually happened. He refused to throw very many strikes, even though he was able to defend right. the takedowns very well against an unathletic but excellent grappler in Damian Maya. Um, Robbie Lawler, he caught him early. I, I hear you. But leading up to that Robbie Lawler fight, leading up to his title shot, he was 2-0. One of those being a split decision over Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, yeah. he, he had two wins in a row before oh, that. I, like, I mean, I prefer Gastelum as a fighter. I'm a bigger fan of Gastelum. But... In this fight, Us- Usman just hasn't done anything to impress me or get me excited about his title shot. When Johnny Hendricks fought GSP, as a huge GSP fan, Hendricks represented and had proven himself a dire threat. Yeah. Okay. And with Usman, I'm like, eh, you've, you've like... You've laid and prayed some guys. Hendricks was st- starching people leading up to that, and, yeah. and I think that was like the last time that he had knocked someone out was before he fought GSP because, it, again, with Usada went his career certainly. But Us- like Usman's Usman's highlight reel for me is a bunch of safe 
like land prey decisions. Yeah, <laughs> like for the, I'm for, just for the not, most part, I'm he, not impressed. So, so here's what I think about the style matchup. Um, I, I think for respond over Covington, by the way, any day because Cody Covington's the worst person, or Colby Covington's the worst person. I hear that. Earth. I also think stylistically, he, he would have the edge over Covington if only slightly. Um, I the, the style matchup was interesting because I think that um, Woodley. What he suffers against, what he generally loses against, is a is a good pressure fighter. Woodley likes to back up against that cage and set up his counter right hand like he did against, for instance, Darren Till uh, to get that knockdown into the submission in his last bout. He likes to back up against that fence, and Roy McDonald took advantage of that. Roy McDonald kept him at the end of his strikes, never, yeah. uh, never, never brought his head forward into that mid-range where Woodley likes to counter from. It's that movement forward that really puts you in danger against you're talking Woodley. About, you're talking about a fighter with a tri-star jab, though. Which Who's is that? Roy McDonald. Roy, you're right. Which is like, Kamaru Usman does not, as far as I have seen, have a tri-star jab. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the jab because Kamaru Usman has been focusing on his jab in his last few bouts. I've noticed that it's yeah. been Yeah, it's been landing fairly, uh, fairly well. I don't like the way he brings his head forward. Um... And, and puts himself in range to get countered. I think there are a lot of opportunities that Woodley might have if if uh, Usman does not kind of foresee that and, and take proper precautions. I think Woodley will have a lot of opportunity to counter him with the right hand. Um, the question is, how will Woodley handle that pace? Woodley likes to throw, if he can get away with it, 40 to 80 strikes in a five-round fight. Um, right. Kamaru Usman is going to be throwing punches at all times. This will both give Woodley counter an early opportunity. opportunity. Uh, to counter, and it will t- presumably tire Woodley out. There's a reason Woodley doesn't like to throw a lot of strikes, right? It's not because it's not because he's confident. No, I look at I look at his bo- yeah, I look at his body type, and he's he's a tough guy, and he's not a gasser. He's conditioned, but he's got a lactic acid body. Yeah, well, like again, even even if yeah, you're right in that he hasn't looked tired in, in most of his bouts. But again, he against Damian Maya, Stephen Thompson, uh, he. He threw very little, and there was very little activity yeah. in that in those in those bouts against Darren Till and Robbie Lawler. He was able to take care of them, which is impressive. He was able to take care of them before the conditioning became a factor. Um, I think Usman is going to push this pace. I've never seen Usman hurt, which is another. I have not seen Usman hurt either, which is but, another factor here. But yeah. Woodley has. You know, He's not. Jungian Kim does not have does not have a glass jaw. No, but he guy, did like, run right into he did that. Right, right, right. I mean, he ran like, right. The guys it. that I mean, Robbie Lawler has a has a very good jaw. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think, I think we I, can agree that Woodley's got Woodley he's got has serious power, serious power on that right hand. There's not. Uh, I, I will not even hit the question about it. But but again, I think there is something to the fact that unlike unlike uh, uh, unlike Lawler, for instance, Kumar Usman has not really been been. Uh, Knocked down, as far as I can remember. Anyway, he yeah, um, he ha- he did get buzzed several times when he fought, uh, for instance, um, Sergio Moraes. Yeah, it was it was his one finish, by the way, in his last many fights. He did uh, land a beautiful right hand, but but he was just walking into and through Moraes' strikes. And Moraes, uh, for a guy with a reputation for being a, a, a grappler, has serious power. If he hits you clean, mm-hmm. you're probably going out. Usman was able to walk right through that offense from Marais, uh and, and and knocked him out in that first round. Um, I'm I'm gonna side very very closely with Woodley here mm-hmm. because uh, I do think he'll have counter opportunities, not unlike 
I knew that Kane would give um, uh, Nganu counter opportunities, or or I was confident anyway. Um, I, I think I think Woodley's going to get his counter opportunities. It's probably going to be a slower paced fight. Both of these guys can have boring bouts. Uh, it, it could yeah. very well be a slow paced fight because of the danger of getting hurt by the other guy. Um, but I can see Woodley buzzing him once or twice. Uh, even if Usman, even if it does go to the decision, I can see Woodley hurting him just enough to make up for that uh, uh, for that uh, activity disparity. Because again, Usman will throw lots and lots of strikes. Um, maybe Woodley has a little bit more confidence after finishing his last bout. Um, I'm I'm giving him the edge, and uh, and uh, I might I might change my mind before the event starts. That's yeah. how close I think I'm this giving, matchup I'm is. I'm giving Woodley my, the edge mostly because, and this is a dangerous approach to take. But uh, mostly because the competition and what he's done. I mean, I remember laughing at Woodley when Nate Marquardt obliterated him in, yeah. in Strike Force. But I just think that he's. I think ago. he's got. I think he's been through it all, and he's only gotten better. And the the victories that got Usman here were against a lightweight. Because Rafael dos Santos is a lightweight with like, a similar uh, similar I think height and reach to Woodley. Not the same style, but, well, but I true. Think Woodley's much more powerful. I agree. I think. With that. And against yeah. Maya, who's terrific but old, and if you're a great defensive grappler, you can you can push Woodley. I mean, you can push Maya, and Maya's well, like you, I said, you, Maya's got to be an elite and wrestler going back to fight, avoid like, a Maya Meek, takedown. Meek is barely a top thirty fighter in the division, so I feel and like he gave Usman some Us- trouble. Usman had the had a very Usman, in my opinion, for a big welterweight had a walk to the title shot and i just feel i just feel like i know more i know more about who woodley is when he's fighting top competition and i've seen that you know i've seen his punches just melt guys so that's the pick then yeah i do want to mention one quick thing woodley's fight against jake shields in which a grappler just stayed on him and just stayed on him relentlessly stayed on him attached to him um, and Woodley was just frustrated and lost that split decision. There's a chance right. that Usman can pull off something like it because he is much stronger, more athletic than Jake Shields, and he's a stand-up threat. Obviously, Woodley has grown since then as a fighter, um, and it was a very close decision that could have gone either way against Jake Shields. Uh, how many years ago? That was back in 2013. We're talking about six years. Yeah, so, split decision, and Jake Shields yeah. was – I mean, Jake Shields is the guy that beat Maya in a split decision. Yeah. So, I just the I what I but but Usman and Woodley both decisively mm-hmm. beat Maya. To be fair, yes. Uh, but but yeah, so we, 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 we agree on, on Woodley. Uh, except I'm giving him a slight edge. It sounds like you're you're more confident in that pick. I yeah, I'm pretty confident. In part, maybe some of it's emotional. Uh, so you think he's gonna finish, Woodley? I think. I'm not certain because we haven't really seen Usman get rocked and come back. I think, uh, but yeah, I'll pick I'll pick Woodley to finish in four. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, sh- I wouldn't at all be shocked if Usman's pressure and 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 even if he doesn't get takedowns, his his initiating the clinch and possibly being the slightly stronger guy, if that's enough of a factor to win him a, a competitive but boring decision. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm giving Woodley the edge here. I, I I'll say um, I'll, I'll I'll say it'll be a boring, boring, boring decision for Woodley. Um, next up, we've got Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. Mm-hmm. Robbie being the veteran, uh, the the longtime uh, longtime UFC 
welterweight top contender champion Ben Askren making his UFC debut after fighting in 1FC for so long. Um, ben Askren hasn't really been tested in several years, whereas Robbie Lawler has been in the fire for a while now. Robbie Lawler, however, has the wear and tear from having been in, in the hot water for yeah, a while now. Yeah, tough one to call because Ben hasn't had uh, premier opposition. There was a fight several years ago against Jay Huron, who was a, a mid-level fighter in the UFC, where Askren uh, certainly mm. uh, got beat up a little bit and had some faced some opposition. Um, that was the fight where everyone was like, "Whoa, did this guy get exposed or not?" So we'll, you know, we'll find out. We don't know. Lawler hasn't fought in quite a while. Um, those McDonald fights were terrific. He's a, he's, you know, he's Robbie Lawler. Like he's, he's great and he throws bombs and he's a good wrestler. If Askren can take him down in the first round and control in the first round, and my guess is that he'll be able to do that, um, that he'll be able to take some of the sting out of those shots and cruise to a, a controlling three-round, uh, you know, 30-27 decision, it's certainly possible that Lawler that starches Law, him early. That Lawler starches him. Um, starches him early or, or beats him up, like catches him a few times early and doesn't starch him. Kind of like he but, did against McDonald. But, but later does more, you know, is, a, is able to... Comes uh, on strong at the end. Comes, yeah. on, comes on strong later. Um, it, it really depends. These are... Askren's in his mid-30s, I think, and Lawler has certainly been around for a long time. Uh, my pick my pick is Askren by decision. Uh, or po- I mean, possibly. I wouldn't be shocked if there was like a, a turtling like third-round ground and pound just because Robbie can't get out of the way. Right. Um, not because of damage, just because of lack of defense. Um, I mean, I, I, who, I don't know who's roughing that fight, but I hope that they, that they give uh, – that they give – Enough credence to the fact that Lawler can take some serious damage and that uh, Askren can't really dish out a whole lot of serious damage. Right. I, I hope that we don't see one of these pitter-patter ground-and-pound stoppages. That would be ridiculous. I, ha- I think there's a high chance of a pitter-patter ground-and-pound stoppage. I would be fuming. I don't think he stops him at all. I think if Askren wins this fight, it's going to be a very, very boring decision in which he grabs onto Lawler and doesn't let him go, whether it be in the clinch or on the floor. Um, Lawler certainly has the opportunity to start him. I think if Lawler was in his prime, I would have picked him here. Yes, he certainly has the ability. Two years, two do years ago, challenge. I would have picked him. Agre- oh, hundred. I mean, two years ago, he was, I think, champion. But at the same time, you say two years ago. Let's see, where was Lawler two years ago? In 2017, Lawler lost to Rafael dos Anjos and and won a competitive fight against Donald Cerrone. I don't know. He hasn't really been himself since that. Tyron Woodley lost. He hasn't been the same guy that went on that streak. Uh, well, the con- I mean, the Condit fight was really competitive, and I thought Condit he landed got, bombs and, and, and Condit got and Condit a lot Condit in. Touched him with his gloves a bunch of times. I would take uh, two hundred shots from Condit over ten shots from Lawler any day. The honestly. war, the war between, between twenty fourteen and twenty sixteen, um, the wars that Lawler had. Even 2013, going back to 2013 in the first fight with McDonald, there was three years of absolute wars. Matt Brown, Johnny, Johnny Hendricks, Hendricks Roy twice, yeah. Roy McDonald twice, Carlos Condit in an awesome fight, um, and then eating, you know, getting slept pretty early by Woodley. Um, what does Lawler have left in the tank? Is it enough for a guy that hasn't really been tested, hasn't taken a lot of damage? That, that's one of the sides of this fight. I so think that's it's all based on where Lawler is. I agree. Um, but I'm picking I'm picking Askren by decision. 
Unfortunately, I have to side with you on that one. I'm I'm going to be uh, rooting for Lawler, but I'm picking Askren. So we're all the same so far. Uh, um, I we, might, we might split here on this on the next fight, the women's strawweight fight between Tisha Torres and Val Zhang. If that's how you say her her name. Um, uh, Wiley Zhang, I believe. Wiley Zhang. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the tornado Tisha Torres in this fight, even though she's the betting underdog. I didn't. She's really the underdog. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah, pl- plus one thirty. Tisha Torres uh, minus one forty for Weili Zhang. Zhang. Uh, yeah, I actually thought, uh, I actually thought Tisha would be a decent, decent favorite here. Uh, I expect her to be like a minus one fifty favorite. Um, I've got Zhang here as well because I think she's bigger, and I think that Tisha Torres, despite her higher levels of competition prior to this one, um, she she doesn't necessarily have the power advantage, the reach advantage. Um, and Weili Zhang should be about as good just about everywhere and mm-hmm. pretty high level of confidence. I can absolutely see this being a split decision going either way, but I do give uh, the edge to Zhang. You've got Okay, so Torres. we've got I've got Torres. We've got our point of differentiation here. Right. Um, we might have it as well in the next fight. Um, Cody, Cody Garbrandt, Garbrandt trying to come back from those, those two, a man who was on top of the world, who styled and profiled all over Dominic Cruz, one of the along. greatest fighters of all time. Yep. And outcruised Cruz in every sense of uh, the word, every sense of the fight. Uh, Garbrand did whatever he wanted. It was an amazing star-making performance. And then he got knocked out twice by Dillashaw. And he's fighting Pedro Munoz, who is a surging... 135er. What was Munoz's most recent fight before this? I believe it was a war where he came out on top, but I'm forgetting his competitor off the top of my head. Munoz beat Brian Caraway oh, in, right. the in the first, first round, round, actually. Landed a body kick and finished them and with he lost a round a, of He lost a split decision to Dodson. Which I thought should have gone sp- to him. And he, yeah, and he lost a split decision to Rivera. Although so, the Rivera decision was back in... Uh, 2015. I mean, this was years ago. Since that Rivera right. fight, he is one, two, three. He's six and one, and that dot and that one loss is arguable. So he's been looking really good against kind of mid to up uh, mid to upper mid level of UFC competition. And Brian Caraway, yeah. Brett, Brett Johns, Rob Font, who I think is very legitimate. As I a like prospect. Rob Font a lot. Like so, my my pick here, and this may be unpopular. I am very concerned about how Cody comes back from getting laid out twice by his nemesis. I'm concerned about his jaw. I'm concerned about his confidence. I'm uh, right there. And right. I, I have a, I just have a feeling that he's not going to be able to find his groove. This is one of the things that the UFC deals with by nature of not giving guys quote what would be called in boxing a get right fight agreed pedro munoz is not a get right fight competitor he's no. going to go in there Absolutely with the not. ability to anthony johnson is more of a get right competitor against john jones than munoz is i agree in this it's case. or yes anthony smith um anthony uh, johnson wouldn't be a get right fight against anthony anybody smith, you are right <laughs> No, you, you are you are right. Anthony Johnson's a get right fight against Zeus. I, 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 th- I, thought, I, th- I thought of the other least original <laughs> no, name in the UFC 205 La Rosser. Yeah, fight. I was like, wait a minute, Rumble's a get right fight. Get... Um, no, you're right. About so, that. Pe- <laughs> Pe- I, I'm I'm gonna pick Munoz here. Co- I mean, Cody's great. Cody's performance against Cruz, one of the greatest performances in recent UFA history. 
UFC history. I don't. I just. I believe that the Dillashaw fights broke something within the man, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. But I'm picking Munoz, by, I, probably by decision. I'm I'm there with you about Munoz, and and it's because to begin with, besides that Dominic Cruz fight, um, I'm not sure that Garbrandt had really the highest level of, of opposition. Takei Mizugaki and Almeida were the other opponents, neither yeah. of whom are, I think, on the level of Pedro Munoz. We have to consider one, I think, important thing with Munoz is that his two losses in the UFC in the last, well, uh, how about in, in his entire UFC career, his only two losses were to Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson. John Dodson, a, 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 a slightly better version of John Dodson than we just saw. Both split decision losses that could have gone either way. Um, uh, I'm sorry, he did also lose a decision to Rafael Sunsau back in 2014. And Hafez, everyone knows Rafael Sunsau is an extremely tough out. Uh, agreed, and that was only his second bout in the UFC. Uh, 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 Pedro Munoz is second bout in the UFC. I, I, I do think Pedro Munoz has the right uh, power in his right hand. He's been, he's been doing, he's been more confident with it. He's been, he's been landing more knockdowns with it. Um, and he's got that killer guillotine. And what yep. I noticed in Garbant after he got hurt against Dillashaw is that he, he kind of dove in for a takedown. Mm-hmm. That concerns me because that's exactly what uh, Munoz needs in order to set up his guillotine, which uh, he's finished several fairly high-level opponents. Rob Font, uh, Justin Scoggins, Russell Duane, who's, who's a pretty good, a pretty decent prospect, at least at some point. Um, Billy Daniels uh, before that, who I, I've never heard of. Um, he... He, he can land the guillotine. He can potentially hurt him on the feet. Garbrandt isn't necessarily a practice uh, fighter at, at the highest level, right? Dominic Cruz's fight was the fight of anyone's life. It was life. amazing. It was incredibly impressive. But I think a lot of that is because Dominic Cruz, uh, Team Alpha Male, was very prepared against exactly what Dominic Cruz would throw. He throws about six well, times. Well, they certainly have their experience their with Team Absolutely. Alpha Male guys fighting Dominic Absolutely. Cruz. And the way that Cody slipped uh, uh, Cruz's punches, one factor is Cody's speed and reflexes very as quick. a young man. But he's extremely quick. But, but another factor is that Dominic Cruz throws the exact uh, couple of combos again and again and again. Um, and Garbrandt literally just slipped because they practiced this exact combo. Slip, right. slip, 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 slip every shot and then countered when it was time. Um, I don't think Munoz is going to be that predictable. I don't think that Garbrandt's confidence is where it could be. And I think there's so a reason. Gonna- we're in agreement here. We, we're in agreement here. There's, okay. a, there's a reason that that, that uh, uh, Gar- Garbrandt had to pull out of that first Dillashaw bout that was scheduled. He has back issues on top of everything else, on top of the confidence right. issues. So, yeah, we're, we're so in on agreement. The, so, on videos. the main card, it's the Tisha Torres, Val fight. It's going to determine who Weili Zhang fight, whoever it is, determines. Which, usually, I expected there to be more disparity in this. I did too, but we're both picking a couple of underdogs. So let's look through the preliminary card and the early prelim card. As much as I kind of want to root for Jeremy Stevens following his very candid interview with Ariel Hawani this week where he talked about his depression following the Jose Aldo loss, Zabit is, you know, Zabit's the next big thing. So what I expect is extreme creativity and landing of some highlight reel shots kind of in an Israel Adesanya style uh, for Zabit for a 30-27 victory over over Stevens, who I see frustrated and reaching to land. That's how I see that fight playing out. I'm I'm there with you. I actually think Stevens is more technical if they're just standing, but Zabit has all this flashy shit that, excuse my language, that Stevens 
won't necessarily have an easy time dealing with. Also, well, Zabit the, has a decent size advantage. He's a reach advantage, right? And yep, a, a reach and height advantage. 5'9", uh, Jeremy Stevens versus 6'1", I believe, for uh, yes. Magomed Sharipov. Um, I've got Michael Mansharipov here too. I, I think a lot of a lot of uh, pickers are actually picking Stevens in this. Really? One. Yeah. It's look in, in the pocket. He's going to he's going to be okay here, especially considering Michael Mansharipov's uh, kind of more human performance against Kyle Boschniak, who went on to lose his bout after this. Like, yeah, you know, th- th- there is reason to doubt him. He hasn't fought anybody very high level. Shaman Rice, in my opinion, is the the hot the the best. Fight, opponent that he's fought thus far, and he's not a guy that's had a chance to really fight enough to prove himself in the UFC either. Brandon Davis is not that impressive. Kyle Boschniak is not that impressive. Real yeah. Rodriguez would have been an impressive win. Um, I I do think Jeremy Stevens' depression concerns me. He lost that Jose Aldo bout in July of 2018. That's that's what eight months ago that that he was going through this extremely incredibly hard time after getting knocked out um, in a bout where he looked pretty good early on. Uh, I give the uh, I'm going to stick with the prospect here. I think the way that his team talks about him says a lot, considering the other, uh, the, the the you know the other training part partners, excuse me, that he has. Um, I've got Magomed Sharipov here by Jeremy Stevens hasn't been finished yet. I'm going to uh, I'll say he'll finish him by submission to the third. I think actually, oh, but Stevens has been finished. Has he? Yeah, he got finished by Aldo. He got finished oh, by yeah, Aldo. Very he recently, got, so you're um, right. You know what it is? He, he hasn't, finished he hasn't by been, Eve Edwards. He hasn't been submitted, I don't think, has he? Um, Not in a long time, anyway. I think he's got an armbar loss in there. Yeah, Joe Lozon armbarred him. Um, along, I mean, 10 years ago. Over yeah. 10 years ago. So, so yeah, I think Michael Bichiripov is actually better on the ground. Than, and I think he's got excellent wrestling. And I think he's better on the ground than he is on the feet. And, and I think he's going to be able to finish Jeremy Stevens here in a three-round bout. I do think there will be concerns, though, when Zabit has to compete in a 25-minute bout given that Kyle Bosniak fight and what we saw there. Yeah, I think he took a lot of risks there that he won't take again just because I don't think he respected his opponent very much. I think he'll respect Steven's power, and Steven's will be winging overhands. Um, And I see see Zabit picking him apart. So Um, let's run through these next uh, six bouts. Uh, What's great about this next fight is I believe that Johnny Walker is the first fighter who's been on two cards while we've been doing the show. I think you're right. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool, and I'm gonna. A short notice I can't. I can't. I can't pick against this guy. Like, I'm not gonna pick against Johnny Walker. Like, who knows? Who knows? That. Who knows what's gonna happen? He's. Uh, listen, man. He's our Houston. Ale- he's this generation's Houston's Ale- Houston Alexander he until he's not. Like, he well, could be, yeah. <laughs> until until he walks into a. Uh, um, That's actually a great comparison. Who's the guy, guy that comes wait, in and looks so dynamic early? What's his? his um, who is it? Who, so could you? Who was it? No, who was the Tiago? There was a. Who was it? This Tiago. Oh, uh, Tiago Santos. Tiago, no, 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 that, no, no, that's no. Tiago um, Silva. Tiago Silva. That's yeah. It. Tiago Silva was the one that ended the the Houston Alexander hype train. Yeah, and then, and then um, everybody else that fought Houston after that. I think including Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice beat. Yeah. So we still don't know if uh, Johnny Walker is Houston Alexander or well, he's not Daniel Cormier, but he might be. Uh, he might be the next, uh, P, you know, Pee Wee Herman. Who is that? Who is the P, Her, Dave Herman? Dave Pee Wee Herman. Remember, he's built kind of like him. Dave Dave, Dave Herman, Herman was like a heavyweight who fought in Japan and fought in the UFC. That's right. That's um, right and he was yeah. great until he wasn't. Yep. So we'll see. But I'm picking Johnny Walker over Misha uh, Serkinov. Yeah, I actually think stylistically Misha has a big advantage here. Uh, but in the past, Johnny Walker has been on his back. In fact, in kind of the recent past, I think it was against... Uh, Jerzyk Makawek, 
back in 2018 uh, when Walker was on his back in that first round, uh, survived and worked his way through and, and got a knockout in the second. I don't know that he can survive on his back against Misha Surkinov. I think Misha will... Misha will put on the kind of pressure and 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 yeah. potentially finish with an arm triangle. Question is, can he get there? Misha's so you're, you're losses mm-hmm. have been by knockout. Um, Johnny Walker just needs to touch it once, from what we've seen thus far, and he's confident as heck. It does concern me that Walker likes to hang out in the clinch, and Misha has good upper body clinch takedowns. I'm gonna pick Johnny Walker to land something yeah. before Misha okay. can before Misha can take him down uh, because Misha's chin has been concerning. He's got several knockout losses in the UFC. Uh, the next fight, I'm gonna go with the odds makers' favorite, Cody Stamen. Same here, Alejandro Perez is seven and one, but I've got Cody Stamen because I actually think he's a very serious prospect despite his loss to Aljamain Sterling in his last bout. Yeah, well, Sterling has proven himself. Uh, the next fight's really interesting because Sanchez looked pretty good in his last bout, um, and I like it's easy to root for Mickey Gall because he stopped, uh, you know, he stopped both the Sage Northcut and the CM Punk hype trains. Was there ever a CM? Punk oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, oh, Mickey Gall did... He did wait. stop both those guys. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Um, but was there ever a hype train for CM Punk? It was more like, I, I just, wonder what just, will happen. Yeah, certainly. But uh, I'm using, you know, I'm expanding the definition Fair. of hype train. So, you know, Mickey Gall is really favored here, but Sanchez looked quite good in his last fight. Against was, Craig White. Yeah, against Craig White. Um, and I don't really see Gall hurting him on the feet. And Dan, Sanchez is a very... Savvy grappler, so this is a this is a tough one to call. I just don't. I will pick whatever you're not choosing in this bout. Okay, well, I just don't see. I don't see Diego falling into a guillotine in this fight. Is that so, how? Uh, is that how he generally gets uh, finishes by guillotine? I thought it was by rear naked choke. He's a good go- oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, either either I think either or. I just think he's a. I don't see. I don't see how often is Diego Sanchez lost by rear naked choke. Like, uh, I mean, very... he doesn't get finished by submission yet. It tends to be by so, strikes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Diego Sanchez. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have I picked like Diego Gall. Sanchez had you picked uh, the favorite on Gall, mm-hmm. but I will take Gall. I, I think I agree with you stylistically. Diego tends to outgrapple the grapplers uh, because he's relentless with his pressure, and we've seen Gall on his back not looking so great against Randy Brown, who's not exactly known for his ground game. Um, I, I do think that Sanchez can ground him, hang out on his guard for a while, and win a decision this way. Right. But I'm going to pick Gall because he's a young prospect. He's bigger. I love Mickey Gall, and he has some power in his right hand. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that that power comes through, and he can tag Diego because Diego can't really take the kind of shots that he used to be able to wade through. Next up, uh, we have got uh, Edmund Shabazian versus Charles Bird. I'm all about Shabazian. Uh, you're all about Shabazian. I will take Charles Bird in that case. Okay. Uh, I, I think uh, Shabazian trains with a really crappy team with uh, Tiverdian, even though I think he's a young prospect uh, and worth watching. I think Charles Bird has a better uh, group of guys to train with. I'll give him the answer. And the next fight, I'm going to take uh, Macy Jason over Gina Mazzani. Yeah, I'm a big believer in Macy. I think she's uh, pretty serious. I picked her in her tough uh, in her tough finale. Uh, uh, Finale fight, and she came through. I think she's a real, real prospect, and Gina Mazzani's not that great. And you know, she's the, in the final, in the opening fight of the bout. Um, she's a she's an underdog, and she got bloodied badly in the second round of her last fight. But I'm going to pick Hannah Siffers, the the farm girl. She's she's intense. She's I just am a, I'm a big fan of the way that she came up. 
I, I think that she should be uh, an atom weight. She does not look like someone. She looks small uh, f- at the straw weight um, in the straw weight bout against uh, who? Who did she fight again? And her she fought a real prospect, Maisie her... Barber, I believe. Okay, so she fought uh, Maisie Barber. Um, she was on quite and a she gave her, her yeah, and she gave her you know she gave her a run. I was just impressed. I thought she had a lot of chutzpah, and. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I'll root I'll root for her even though she's not the favorite here. Um, I've got Poliana Viana in this one. I, I think she's got the submission advantage, and, and Cyphers didn't show the best takedown defense so far. I think Poliana should be able to take it down or finish her there. It's very it's very possible. I'm just not going to root against my crushes. Fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that you're that you're thinking with uh, with both sides of your brain there. <laughs> Um, that's, uh, that's UFC 235. We'll, uh, we'll check in, I guess, next week because the next card, what's coming up after this? I, I'm never prepared for this question. That's okay, man. UFC Our listeners, schedule. our dozen of listeners will be patient. Uh, we've got UFC Fight Night 146, Derek Lewis versus Junior Del Santos. Oh, wow. Um, what, a, what a fun card. And we've got uh, Curtis yeah, Melender. Just, just looking at the top three fights, card. it's looking pretty good with Derek Lewis versus Dos Santos. Uh, 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 <laughs> the uh, return of Dos Santos versus Curtis Melender. The return of Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell versus Bogoy Ivanov. That's actually It's the first Rothwell fight since he fought JDS like 80 years ago. I happen to like Benil Darius a lot, so I'm excited yeah, that he's yeah. on this card. Tim Bosch is on this card. This, Tim Bosch? My goodness. If there, was a, if, if there was a subtitle to this card, it would be Journeyman Making Good. Like there back, are Back there, in the day. There are a lot of dudes, right. dudes we, who have been Tim around Means for a minute. Who, who fits that description. Yeah, exactly. Darius, Tim Bosch. Uh, interesting card. Uh, j- just looking at it uh, kind of for the first time here. Uh, it'll be interesting to break down. But we've got a great card this weekend. Yeah, um, a real pay-per-view. To, to look forward to. Worth the $65. Hope everybody loves it. And we Where's will... your confidence level, Nick, as far as your picks for this event? As usual, I feel really confident about the upper level of the cards and less confident about the, the early prelims um, and some of the prelim fights. But I feel, I feel pretty good about, about the main card. I feel pretty confident. I, I feel like I tend to do better against you, and this is rare, mind you. I tend, <laughs> I, I tend to do better against you in my picks when we have a lot of uh, a lot of difference in opinion, and I don't do very well when we leave it up to a bat or two. So I'm hoping that this three or four bat difference. Yeah, we have we're really we're pretty aligned. Is which is this card has a lot of close bouts, so I'm surprised that we're as aligned as we are. Uh, actually, I, I actually think there's, there's four bouts, four or five bouts in which we disagree, which not yeah. bad. I'll take yeah. it. That's, that's cool. a decent bit of disparity. Well, we'll talk to everyone next week. We with episode seven of the MMA Geeks podcast. We'll see you all at sea level. See you then.